Okay, everyone, welcome back to Talk to Tatiana's show. And today I have a guest, Michelle Hagen. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation today. Me too. Michelle, so tell us a little bit about um, your kind of journey, your story, um, both business, uh, well, being your own boss related, and also just your personal story and why, where you are now and how you got there. Yeah. So I guess we kind of have to back it way up pretty far before we get to where I am at today. Um, I graduated college in the middle of the recession or kind of as the 08 recession was coming out. And I went to school and I had a graphic design degree. And when I graduated, there were no marketing jobs to be had because those were all of the jobs that got cut first in the recession because this was before the world of having social media managers and Facebook pages. I mean, they were new. They were just coming out. So this new marketing role that we hear in today's world was a non-existent job back then. And so it was literally actual graphic design jobs in a marketing department. And once I couldn't find a job, I can remember one day asking my dad, my family's in the insurance business. My dad has been in insurance forever. Um, my mom had joined him in the insurance business. And I said to him one day, I can sell just as good as mom can. So why can't I um, be an insurance agent too? You know, my 22-year-old cocky little self thought. <laughs> um, so when I couldn't really find a job that fit me, I did take my insurance license. I became a licensed insurance agent. I worked with my dad for some time trying to learn the ropes from him. And then we realized like this just isn't going to work because he would give me instructions like, okay, go do this. So I would do it all and come back and be like, no, now what? He's like, I don't have time for you today. Just go home. <laughs> so I was like, you're paying me to not work. <laughs> so uh, I then ended up kind of transitioning and I worked in a few different roles of capacity of insurance. I started in employee benefits. I then actually got my property casualty license, had my own property casualty agency for a while, and then took a step back and went, back um, working for an insurance company, kind of on the back end for a rep. And then I had my first son. And after I had my first son, I had the opportunity to join um, one of a Fortune 500 company, insurance company's new district office and kind of help them open that office and be the right-hand person of the district manager. And I trained new agents. I worked with them on their sales and things like that. And then I had my second son, Thatcher, and I kind of thought I wasn't going to go back to work or that I would go back and that I would eventually quit because in this time of working, I would be sitting at my desk while my son was at daycare thinking there has to be more to life than this. For me to be sitting at my desk and have days where I didn't have a ton to do and my son was at daycare. And so after I had my second son, I got postpartum depression and anxiety really, really bad. Like I never understood what anxiety was until I was standing like at the top of my stairs and felt like I couldn't walk down the stairs because I was going to drop my son and, and then I would drop him and he would fall down the stairs. So it was bad when it hit. And so I didn't go back to my corporate job. And I always knew that I wasn't going back 
to be to work with for somebody else. I knew that I was going to work for myself and I'd prayed about it and God had told me to stay like it was time to stay home and that he would tell me when it was time to go. And so for about a, a year, year and a half, I really just I I wish I could say I fully leaned into being a stay-at-home mom, but I always was wondering like, well, what's around the corner? What's coming up next? Um I had some job opportunities and just never took them because they didn't feel right. But um, when my youngest son was about one and a half, I kind of felt like, okay, it's time to maybe start going and looking. And so I started to realize the skill set that I had learned in sales in the insurance world transferred really well into the entrepreneur space for creative entrepreneurs and online business owners. And so I took an online course just to kind of like brush up because the online world is very different than face-to-face sales and interactions. And so I took a course just to kind of get myself ready. And about, um, it's would have been a year this last December that I officially launched my website and have kind of been running ever since. And I have a podcast now and I do sales strategy. I've hosted online events and I now coach people in their online events. And, um, so it's just kind of still an ever evolving thing as I grow into the entrepreneur that I have become. That's um, that's a powerful story. Um, I actually I knew a parts of it, but I didn't know um, a lot of it. So thank you so much for sharing, for sharing it. And um, what I'm curious to know is, if you could go back a few years and do things differently, what what would it be? How would it be different? If if it would be different. Um, The one thing I think that would be different if someone's listening who's just dreaming of being an entrepreneur and maybe is a mom who left the corporate world, but you know that you're not ready to step into starting your own business, like you just don't feel like it's the right time, just lean into the season that you are in because it goes so fast. And I can remember when my boys were really little, they're now almost next month, they will be six and four. I would get so pissed when people would say like, just enjoy these little years. They go so fast. And in the middle of it, you were like, I am drowning. I can barely keep my head above the water. Don't tell me that I need to enjoy this because it's hard and it sucks and I don't like it but it does go so fast. So I wish that someone would have like shook me and said, Michelle, I know that this is hard and you feel like you are drowning, but stop trying to pursue other things. If you don't have to just live in the moment of the little kids and work on yourself and work through all the postpartum. Um, And then looking at myself as I grew into entrepreneurship, And I didn't have a set plan of exactly where I was going. I wish that I would have had more permission from someone to be like, it's okay that you don't have it all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have a pretty website. You don't have to have things perfect before you start. You just have to start sharing the things that you think are where you're wanting to go. And sometimes those things won't stick and they will flop and they will fail And that is the beauty of entrepreneurship. And it's okay when those things don't stick because you got the experience of creating something. 
And now you can say that you have done it. You've seen the things that didn't work. And now the next time you do it, you can continue to grow and be better. That's that's very powerful. Um, I I love it. I mean, I could totally relate to where you've been because I also have been there. Um, My kids are a little older, but not that much older. So my kids are eight and five. And so I, when, when the kids were little, I tried to enjoy it as much as I could, but that wasn't easy at all. It was just, like you said, I was also drowning and, and depressed and just um, anxious and everything. So I think it's kind of, um, for me, it was hard to accept that. Um, and my work, what I was doing, kind of continued doing, I worked for myself um, as soon as I got pregnant. Um, that was kind of an escape from this um, Groundhog Day every every day, <laughs> so I totally can relate to what you're sharing. Um, and what I'm curious to uh, to know it was, I mean, you kind of covered this, but um, if you could give advice to, I mean, you've just shared that you know if you're if you're a mom, if you um, have small kids, and and um, you are trying to kind of keep your head above the water, that lean that you should lean into this experience and let it go. Right. Basically. Is that what you kind of mean? Yeah. And, and leading into like the season that you're in and just realizing that sometimes in this entrepreneur journey, or even as a mom, we get so caught up in looking side to side to see like, well, what is the person next to me doing and how fast are they going? And do I, I mean, holy cow, she just hit, you know, six figures in nine months. And I barely made a few things in those months or accomplished a few things in those months business-wise. I think it's really important. And when we start comparing ourselves, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, but to just like put our side blinders on and say, our journey is our journey. And I don't have to go as fast as the person next to me because it's totally different journeys and what's happening in my life might not be happening in her life. And I think it's also important to remind people that in this world of social media, we see these pretty squares and all these things. And we think, well, this person's being so super successful and she's doing it all. I can guarantee you that there's one place in her life the ball is being dropped. She's just not showing it on social media. And that's one thing that I wish and I always try to do with people pulling back the curtain is when people see me doing all these successful things in business or I'm posting these great things or in the middle of like when I was just launching my virtual conference that I did online, I had so many people like saying how great great I was doing and you're doing such big and great things. But I was like, yeah, but if you could see my house, <laughs> it's not, you know? So, and, and I try to be honest like that. Like I would tell people, I'm like, oh, if you could be on the other side of my computer in my office during the conference, it looked like a tornado storm. I used to joke that my office was my Marie Kondo craft room because it was all the stuff that I was like, well, Marie says that if it makes you feel good, you should keep it, but I don't know where to put it. So in that time, like my house was a total storm, but as soon as the conference ended, my business kind of went quiet for a while because I went on this like massive house rehaul where I redid the basement and the storage room in my office and all these things. So I just hope that people know that we don't all keep all the balls up in the air 
there's a ball that has gotten dropped. It's just, you can't see it. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's so um, pure because um, I think it really, it's impossible to have all of the balls up in the air all the time. It's just impossible. And um, I could totally relate to what you're saying because um, I push myself also. And I mean, I hate to admit it, but unfortunately family time sometimes suffers um, because I want all these things and, um, and I try as much as I can, but um, unfortunately that's, that's the reality of it. Um, Sometimes I don't cook dinner. Sometimes my kids eat crap. I mean, (laughs) so it's totally, yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing about that is sometimes it's hard because I feel like as moms, we have this internal guilt when it comes to working on our business Yet my husband never has that guilt of going to work and doing all these things. And and I just don't know if it's something that is innate in women that maybe men have it and they just haven't said that they feel the guilt around it. But sometimes my husband says, you know, you might just have to make a sacrifice of if you have to miss dinner to go be on that. <laughs> I laugh at myself because I've been on Clubhouse for a week, but it's amazing anyways. But it's important, but like to go make that connection, then sometimes you just have to make the sacrifice and that that is okay. And that it's good for our kids to see like my mom is still home with me primarily, but my mom also is building something. And we're very open about that with our kids and that, well, and I explained to him, well, mommy has, you know, my oldest knows mommy has a podcast and mommy talks to other moms about their business or their life. And he listens to the podcast even sometimes if the episodes are appropriate because he thinks it's really cool that my voice comes out of the phone. Um, And one thing like we've been trying to even do is explain to our kids like the entrepreneurial journey of like, well, mommy owns her own business, but daddy works for someone and they pay them. Like mommy has people that help her. So mommy has to pay them. Um, And I think that that piece of it is so important to be teaching our kids too. Yeah, totally agree. And I should, I should get, you know, get better at that too, because my kids are a little older and I can totally borrow, you know, what you're doing and share with them kind of what I do. I mean, I think my daughter gets it. She's like eight and a half. Uh, But I think I should be, I would do myself a favor and also her a favor if I could pursue it a little better and like share how passionate I am about what I do. I think that's important, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And including them in whatever. And even like if it's your daughter just helping you take content pictures, I can't tell you, I actually should start putting in the pictures when they go on social media, like photo by Turner. I actually have a lot of pictures that are on my social media that my five-year-old has taken. Because he's really good at taking pictures or he's really good if I set the tripod up at like pushing the button. And I know you and I have kind of talked about this before that actually if our kids help us in our business enough and we're making enough, you technically can pay them. So and put money like into their college fund or things like that. And so that's what I'm hoping is I continue to grow, even though my son can't edit a podcast or, you know, he can't post on social media for me, there's other ways that he can be active in my business. And so that's my hope is that as I continue to grow, if they want to, I'm not going to force them, but that they get to be a part of what I'm building. That's awesome. So when you, um, when you, let me ask you what, when you started um, kind of on this business journey, 
were there any things or any maybe one major thing that surprised you kind of when you quit the corporate world and, and started your own building your own thing? One of the things I think that surprised me the most is because I'd kind of been on that entrepreneur journey of building an insurance agency before. And in that season, I was really young. I had no kids. It was just me and my husband. So I could work as much as I wanted. I could stay at the office as late as I wanted and it didn't matter. And you could be selfish with your time. And sometimes I have thought to myself, gosh, if I would have just started this before I had kids, I would be so much further, which it's true, but I, I wouldn't have the wisdom that I have now that like 22, 23, 24 year old Michelle would have had. Um, but I guess the thing is, is like when I started that surprised me the most is I couldn't find other women who had started their business while their kids were little or, um, you know, in this season, because a lot of the business people are, are still teaching, like you just have to work a ton and you've got to do all these things. And that's just how, how, what you have to do when you get started. Well, when they got started, they didn't have kids. And so I feel like this expectation to build is kind of unrealistic for women who are moms who are just starting because that's not our reality. And it probably never will be unless you really, truly decide that you're going to go all in and you're going to miss things for your kids, which no mom wants to do. And so that's kind of where my podcast came from, is that I wanted to highlight women who were doing this like us in the middle of motherhood, still building and showing the reality that you can still be successful and have kids and be present for your kids and still be doing something that you love. It might not be at the pace of everybody else, but that's okay. That's awesome. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing such a raw and pure um, uh, reality, I guess, um, of of what we what we have to do as moms and as entrepreneurs and everything in between. I think it's something that many moms out there need to hear um, more of. So Michelle, um, what, who is your ideal client for what you do now? If that person is listening to this, to this recording, um, and they hear, you know, the way you describe who your ideal client is, maybe someone will be listening and can reach out to you. So who, who's that person? Where are they in, you know, on their journey? What's their season? Yeah. So for my sales strategy that I do, their season is someone who has built something. And a lot of times it's creatives because creatives are just really good at their craft, whether it be, you know, creating beautiful hand lettering or, you know, creating um, cakes or, or doing um, anything like that they're really good at their craft and they started to build something and people have paid them for it, but they've hit this plateau and they're like, well, Michelle, I just don't know what I, what else to do because I, I can't, I can't figure out what to keep building or what do I do next or why are the people not coming? And that's where I come in and kind of help them say, okay, who's your ideal client? Are we speaking to them correctly? Because we know the terms of everything in our business, but we have to remember that sometimes our ideal clients don't know all of those terms that we have to like break it down for them and 
put our sales into the terms that they need to hear. So I help entrepreneurs with that. I also help coaches and things like that, but I just have a love for creatives. Um, And then what I do once we kind of figure that out is I help them figure out like, okay, what does your sales strategy look like? How are we presenting our offer to our ideal clients? And then I help them really break down an entire strategy, whether it be for a launch or because creatives are always constantly selling. They probably always have something for people to buy. So it's just of how are we presenting it to your ideal clients on a weekly, daily basis. And then for my um, event strategy sessions, it's very similar. We talk about what we're going to do, but I help people create online summits, micro summits. I've just kind of coined this new term of a micro summit because I think when people hear an online conference or a summit or an event, they think it has to be this massive thing. Like they have now seen, you know, Tony Robbins and Pete Vargas doing these big things where it's got the 360i around them and it's all these videos and that we have to compete with them but we don't. There is 100% a way to connect with your people in this season, um, doing things a little differently. And, And it's what I like to call my secret sauce is I discovered this way of creating events where you can create them for people and they can show up and they're feeling seen and heard. And it's kind of a hybrid of using some Facebook groups, or it's kind of using two platforms in tandem with each other. And so I want people to know, like, if you've had it on your heart of creating a summit or some type of conference, don't think it has to be some massive elaborate thing, because you'll be surprised that you can probably create a conference with what you already have. So when I did my online conferences last year, I literally spent $34 on one platform and the rest of it, I used what I already had. So it doesn't have to be something that costs you a ton. Um, it's just a way to provide value. And again, um, I have a thing for cre- I have so many ideas for creatives of how they could create online businesses or coaches that want to create summits or mini summits, and they can be as big or as as small as you want them to be. If it wants to be something that's an intimate thing where you're teaching people, you could have a summit or a conference in as little as five people, or you could do hundreds. But I um, just really have a love of connecting people. And I think that summits and conferences in this season are a great way of getting to be in touch with your um, ideal clients. And I don't think that they're going away. We're going to always have in-person conferences because we all want that in-person in-person experience. But I think that this whole pandemic season has created something new that there will always be either a hybrid or people will still be hosting virtual conferences and events because your reach is just so much bigger. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, absolutely. Um, so Michelle, where can people find you and connect with you. I wrote down um, some of the notes for for listeners to go over in terms of your strategy session and where the person should should be or is um, and, and you know when they need your let's say one of your two strategies sessions that you just talked about. So when let's say someone just listened and they feel like they're they fall in one of those um, buckets or they just want to follow you, uh, how can they connect with you and how can they find you? 
Yeah, so you can go to michellehagan.com. That kind of will give you a little bit more detail about things. Um, I'm on Instagram as Michelle Ann, A-N-N, Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. That's kind of where I hang out and you can see the pretty stuff. But if you want to like actually chat and hang out, I am a massive fan of Clubhouse. Um, so if you are on Clubhouse, I'm on there as Michelle Hagen, H-A-G-E-N. And I would love to connect with anyone anywhere or if they want to start a Clubhouse room and have a conversation about this. Clubhouse is my jam, and that's probably where you're going to find me the most going forward. Awesome. Michelle, thanks so much for sharing this amazing experience and uh, and being so open and, and real. And I really appreciate that. And I love your story. And thanks so much for agreeing to do this episode with me. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And I have to give you a plug as well. If you guys don't know, Tatiana has a book that's coming out soon. I have gotten the pre-readers version of it. And it is absolutely amazing. Like literally the book that any entrepreneur needs that if you're just starting or you're a little lost, she literally was like, here's the manual. So make sure that you get her book when it comes out. Thanks so much, Michelle. And thanks so much for for coming on. And um, it's just, it's been such a pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me.